The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. And, and, you know, I always say to people, because I think I was really, you know, conflicted about about you know starting a career in the states or going abroad and I thought to myself okay if I don't do this now when I'm 40 am I gonna regret not having done this and the answer was a loud resounding yes I said okay I'm just gonna do it and see what happens welcome to the budget-minded traveler podcast your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone Hey everyone, this is the Budget Minded Traveler podcast and today we are kicking off a new series about North Americans living as expats in various countries around the world. And we're starting by taking a little step back in time because this interview was actually recorded last November in 2015 while I was living in Southern Italy. But before we jump into our time machine, I want to remind you that we are in the midst of the podcast awards 2016 and right now is the voting period so we can be voting every single day at podcastawards.com. You can find the Budget Minded Traveler in the Society Culture section and don't forget to verify your vote via email. It's super quick and easy and it won't get you on any crazy spam list. It really takes less than a minute um, and every single vote counts. So please be doing that set a reminder every day through June 12th. I really appreciate it. The awards are set for June 26th. So all we can do is vote for now. And I will tell you what happens after June 26th. Thank you so much for voting and for all your support. I appreciate you. Okay. Today's guest is the lovely Teresa Canoza, who actually was my roommate for my random month that I spent living in Lecce in Puglia, which is in the very south of Italy. She has lived in both Spain and Italy, and her story is just fascinating. So I'm really excited to be able to share that with you today. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So I'm here with Teresa Canoza, and we are actually sitting on my bed in our apartment <laughs> in Lecce, in the southern uh, the southern tip of Italy, in the heel of the boot, mm-hmm. so I, I like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so how are you doing today? I'm doing great, <laughs> actually. Yeah, doing, doing well. Good. Um, so the reason I wanted to talk to you is because basically when I found out, when I, when I came to Lecce and I found out that there was another American staying in the Airbnb that I was going to be staying in. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Okay. First of all, anybody who's been here, who is from the States knows that there aren't any other Americans here. Right. That is a fact. Yeah. And so I had to know what your story was. And since then I've obviously gotten to know you a little bit, but I really want to share your story with everybody. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. And, um, I really want to talk about your expatism Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, kind of what, what brought you overseas and because it's been how many years now? Seven years. Seven years. Most of that in Spain and now in Italy. So, Mm -hmm. um, why don't you kind of tell us just, why don't we start with 
kind of who you are and where you where you come from because you are American. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a strange question when people ask me, so where are you from? Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like my identity is kind of split yeah. up between all these places that I've lived. So I'm originally from Rhode Island. I mean, I was born in Massachusetts, in Worcester, Massachusetts. I, <gasps> my dad's from there. Okay. And we hadn't made that connection yet. Yeah, no, not, not yet. Not yet, because <laughs> my, my dad used to teach in Worcester at okay. a community college in Worcester. Wow. And uh, yeah, I grew up in Rhode Island. Um, my mom was in the northern part of Rhode Island. My dad was in Jamestown, which is an island mm-hmm. off the off the southern part. Um, and then when I was 18, I moved to Miami. I went to school. I went to University of Miami. I was there for four years. Uh, and then after that, I was, you know, I had this calling. I had this thing inside of me that said, I really need to go abroad. I really want to learn Spanish in a Spanish-speaking country. And so I was in Miami. I had graduated in journalism, didn't know what I was doing, um, didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I needed to get out. I never got to study abroad. And I was actually thinking about going to South America. Um, I had a lot of friends from Venezuela. I do have a lot of friends still in and abroad from Venezuela. Um, but, you know, as luck would have it, I started teaching English at a school for adults in Miami. And my first student, my very first student was a Spanish woman named Susanna, who became one of my dearest friends. And, um, you know, we got to know each other. We had all these tons and tons of hours of le- like a ridiculous amount of hours of lessons together mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other. And I said, you know, this is my dream. And she said, well, why don't you just come and stay with me when whenever you want? And, uh you know, until you get on your feet. And I said, okay. Don't make those offers lightly. Yeah, really, (laughs) really. Yeah, maybe she didn't realize what she was getting herself into. I love that. But yeah, that was what it took. That was kind of the trigger. And so I left everything behind my apartment, my boyfriend. I left everything, Mm -hmm. um, packed up the car, went back to Rhode Island. And I think just a couple weeks later, I had my two suitcases and I went to to Logan and, and, and went to Madrid, which, you know, I had never been to Spain before, but I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And I always said to myself, and I always still say this to myself and to anybody who says, wow, you know, what courage. I said, really, just, it's, um, it's just being practical, like worst case scenario, you're not going to a war zone, you're not going to, you know, Syria, you're, you're going to, you know, Spain or Italy or wherever you're going. And the worst case scenario, you just call your mom or dad and say, I'm, I'm screwed. I don't have any money. I hate it here. I'm, I want to come home and you'll go home and then yeah. you'll be wiser for it. So yeah, totally. Really that's that's to a, lose. like a very common, a common thing that you hear people say Absolutely. travelers of all kinds, not just expats, but you know, you can, the, the whole like contingency plan, you can always go home. Absolutely. Yeah. But with that, maybe as your safety net, go ahead and, you know, take the leap and, and see what happens because. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I always say to people, because I think I was really, you know, conflicted about, about, you know, starting a career in the States or going abroad. And I thought to myself, okay, if I don't do this now, when I'm 40, am I going to regret not having done mm-hmm. this? And the answer was a loud, resounding yes. So I said, okay, I'm just going to do it mm-hmm. and see what happens. Um, and then I was in Madrid for six years. It was such a wonderful experience. So you went, for, how long did you think you were going to go for? You know, I really didn't know. I, I left that kind of open. I thought at least a year, you know, just to have yeah, my okay. experience. Okay. But then I made friends. I got to know the city. It was so much fun. And I, you know, I found a job, obviously. I started teaching English, which, you know, there was and still is a need for. 
and then ended up staying. Um, and then, you know, last, uh, so then in September 2014, I came to Italy. So right. it's been the trajectory. It's great. It's amazing. Now. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about Spain, though. So when you first got there, you had this friend, Susana, right? Yeah. Who lived in Madrid, yeah. and you stayed with her? Yep. That is yep. so convenient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't really know anybody. I knew her. Um, you know, obviously... At, her, at the end of her stay in Miami, we started hanging out like outside of the school. So we were kind of, you know, friends at that mm-hmm. point. But still, I didn't really know what to expect. I, I had no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I I tried to scour the web for, uh, you know, what to wear in Spain. I had no idea. I mean, I had really no idea. Um, you know, brought some teachery kind of outfits and a blanket and just random <laughs> things because I had no idea what to expect. And um, I love it. Yeah, really. And, uh, and yeah. lots of books and, you know, my Spanish grammar book and whatever. And, uh, yeah. And then I, I went and I slept on an air mattress in her apartment for three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the time it took me because this was before okay. smartphones. So I had a map. I would go out around Madrid, get totally lost and was, I just loved every second of it. But then, you know, after about three weeks, I got my, I, I began to orient myself and, um, started looking for apartments, got a cell phone, you know, mm-hmm. all the things yeah, that okay. a person has to do. And I found a great apartment with nine other people, a big, crazy apartment oh, in the center. It was, it was so great though. What's that movie? Uh, L'Auberge Espagnole, is it? Yes, everybody's told me about it. I haven't seen it, but everybody's like, you need to see that movie. Is that the one that where they're all in um, Barcelona? Like, yes. In, like, yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. That's what it, I think from what people tell me, that's what it was like. That's um, so funny that you haven't even seen it. Yeah, no, I, I know. But you lived it. You I, did it. <laughs> I need to see it. Yeah, you should. It's on my list. Uh, that's so great, though. So it took you three weeks. Uh-huh. Apartment, cell phone. When did you get a job? You know, I think I, I did get a job right around that three week period. I remember my first week was really kind of lonely and I did actually feel homesick, which I didn't expect. I remember walking around. I didn't really have anyone to talk to. I mean, because I spoke Spanish, I speak Spanish, but, um. Well, you lived in Miami before. That yeah. had to help, have helped. Yeah. And you had all these friends. Yeah, my my ex like was Venezuelan, and his mom okay, yeah. and I are really close. And you know, she would come and stay with us. And so, actually, she was the one that really pushed me to start oh, speaking okay. because she yeah. would like stay with us for like two months at a time. And oh wow, yeah. did you study it before? Yeah, I studied it in high school, and okay. I think I took a year in college or so. And then you know, just being in Miami, obviously, and wanting right. to learn. Okay, so back to so you were lonely in your first week. Yeah, I was a little bit lonely because it was like. I don't know. I just, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone. I was, I wasn't working yet. Uh, Susanna obviously mm-hmm. is this powerful. Well, I, I like to think of her as this, you know, superwoman advertising exec. Um, and so she works a lot of hours. She wasn't really around. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit lonely the first week, but then, um, through some connections, I think it was a friend of hers who was American who now works for the UN. She used to work at a school in Madrid. And so through this girl, Jenny mm. woman, she recommended this school. I went and they said, okay, yeah, we need teachers. Wow. What was, do you mind sharing? Is this school still in existence? If yeah. anybody else is thinking about doing this, I mean, cause I know that they are, I have a lot of a lot of people talking about doing something like this. So what did you do? Like, can you tell us? Okay. So I think a lot like, okay. So, um, I think a a big anxiety for Americans, and I know this for a fact is that they want to have everything packaged into a nice little, 
um, I don't know, like a gift box before they go to a mm. country. So they want to know, okay, yeah, I'll go and have an adventure in Madrid or in Rome, but I want to have the job already. I want to mm. have the house already. And it doesn't work like that in Europe. Um, you can try to send emails and arrange things ahead of time, but the best way to do it is just jump in, get yourself a temporary place to stay, and you will find stuff, definitely. Awesome. But it's not like you send an email, you get a contract, you send, no, everything is really, um, Especially for Americans, if you don't have a European passport or work permission, everything is kind of under the table. There are job opportunities, but you actually have to be there physically to get them. So um, the name of the school was Transfer. It was Transfer School of English um, near... Uh, Nunez Balboa or Diego de Leon um, metro stops in Madrid. But anyway, if you look for transfer, you'll find it. Um, yeah, so that's where I worked originally. There's another really great school as well that I worked at. And it's not coming to me. So maybe we can put that. If people are interested, it will come yeah. to me. If people want to know schools. I'll put it on the show notes page. Yeah. yeah. We can list out a couple of things. Perfect. Yeah. If people are interested, I can give them. Because that was another great school. Um, They paid, you know, pretty well. So, yeah, I just I just basically went there. And the way it works is Americans obviously don't have permission to work there. But a lot of schools will just look the other way because there's a big need. Um, And then, obviously, you do private classes. So I did, you know, half my let's say half my salary came from the school where you, you know, they have business classes. They say, okay, we'll give you this much an hour. You just have to go and teach these lessons at different companies. So I did that. And then I also did a lot of private classes as well. Like tutoring? Yeah. Like tutoring. So you go to people's houses or their businesses, um, do classes with kids, business English, whatever, just conversation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, you set your prices. And for me, it was really not difficult at all to make, uh, to make decent money to live and to, you know, to do my thing there. Um, if people are interested, there's another great program, which is called the Cultural Ambassadors Program that the government uh, sponsors. And you have to apply for it early. I think it starts in October. You apply like before May or before April. Um, but it's called the Cultural Ambassadors in in Spain. Um, and all the different autonomous communities organize them. You apply for it. And pretty much the only requirements are that you're a native English speaker and that you have a college degree. Mm. And with that, you can get placement in a school anywhere in Spain, um, anywhere. I mean, you could put your preferences down for the regions you want to be in. And that will give you that's a stable job. They give you you get a student visa. So you're actually legit working there. And uh, yeah, and it's a good way wow. to go there and have something already set up for you. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Cultural ambassador. Okay, we'll yeah. definitely put that mm-hmm. on the page too. So how did you end up staying for six years? Did that surprise you? Mm, no, no, not really. Because I think I, I went there with this open ended idea, uh, open-ended plan. And it just felt really natural. I mean, right away I met the people I needed to meet. I made great mm. friends with the people that lived in my apartment. They were from all over all the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, really they were from all over the world. There's, you know, from Germany, from Brazil, from the Philippines, from Italy. And we became this really close knit family. Mm. And so having great friends, having a job that allowed me to to organize my time however I wanted. I worked Monday, Monday through Thursday, and then I partied the rest of the, you know, from Thursday night to Sunday night. Um, and I just, yeah, I mean, it seemed like the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, how could I leave that behind? Yeah. I guess um, a lot of people do get, I guess the pitfall that a lot of people find when they find a place that they feel really comfortable in, whether it be, you know, Barcelona, Madrid, is that um, 
it's easy to be there temporarily, but then to get your papers and to get stabilized and to actually build a life yourself, it's a little bit more difficult. It's tricky. Um, so I think that's where a lot of people after a year, two years, three years, they either miss their family or they just run into these pitfalls or they see how low Spanish salaries are if you want to work in a company there and they just give up and go home. So, mm. um, I found ways around it and I think, yeah, I just, I felt really great there. I had my friends there mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, so that's why I decided to, to yeah. stay. Can we talk about the ways that you found around it? Sure. Because um, <laughs> I know that's that's a huge topic I'm always and in this community is, is that visa and it drives us all crazy, you know? Yeah, I'll tell you the truth. Um, I know that things are changing a bit now, i.e., you know, things are getting somewhat stricter. But in general, in the what I refer to as the Catholic sphere, so like, Spain, Italy, I'm sure Greece mm -hmm. as well, um, even France, they're very lenient in terms of Americans being there and overextending their tourist visas. Um, we're not, uh, we're not gonna, we're not outwardly, uh, um, recommend this. We're yeah. just gonna tell a story. Right. Here, we're just gonna, and you can take it however you want. Exactly. Disclaimer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Disclaimer. No, yeah. because you, you really do never know. I mean, but I would say in general, um, you know, if you're just planning on, you know, being there teaching, obviously you want to do the right thing if that option's available to you. I mean, try to get a student visa, um, try to, you know, be with a program. Uh, but if not, there are ways around it. So I was, you know, I was undocumented for a couple of years and that was never really a big issue. But of course, again, it's like, if you want certain things, then, um, you know, for example, they allowed me to open a bank account with my passport. Certain banks don't and certain banks do. So you just have to find mm -hmm. out which ones I was with BBVA, which let me at that time. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm sure there are others that still allow you to do that. And it, it all kind of depends. The thing is in, in Spain, at least it just depends the bank man on the bank manager, yeah. what side of the bed they woke up. Yeah. It, yeah. The people that, you know, if you have a friend who it just all depends and that's how things kind of work here. So everything is possible. Don't, you know, don't give up hope saying, Oh God, because um, if you try to do things, unfortunately, this is the reality. If you try to do things the official way, you just end up kind of frustrated and running in circles. So <clears throat> don't be discouraged if the official way doesn't seem to work out. Go ahead and do it anyway, and you'll find a way. You know, go through your contacts, and you'll find mm -hmm. a way to do it. But what I ended up doing was um, I did the um, – it's called Auxiliares de Conversación. That's the cultural ambassadors program I did. Okay. Um, so I did get a student visa with them for two years. I also did a master's mm. there. I got a student visa that way. Um, and you then, say that so nonchalantly. I'm like, that's like a huge deal. It, we it, need to talk about that, but keep going. Okay, okay, we will talk about that. Yeah, because that's, yeah. Oh, I did a master's. Yeah, no, we, we will talk about that. <laughs> um, and then at a certain point, I saw there was um, an association for immigrants in uh, Vallecas, which is a neighborhood of Madrid. And I went there. Um, I think legal, you get legal counseling services for like 15 or 20 euros, really affordable. Mm -hmm. And um, I spoke to a lawyer and I said, okay, I'd like to stay, you know, what are my options? And there are some options. So like, if you have been there legit, legitimately for three years, like if you say you did the cultural ambassadors for two years, then you did some kind of study program. After that third year, you can, um, you can, there is a process where basically you say, uh, you have to show a lot of documents. It's kind of arduous, but you can do it. 
um, and you say, I'm pretty much rooted Mm-hmm. in society here's the proof a b and c and they will uh, extend your visa that way so that exists um what claudio my lawyer the lawyer told me was to just do what's called a pareja de hecho so that's a civil union um and you can you have to make the appointment where you live and you're you know you're if you're in the madrid if you're in madrid center then there if you're in a, a town outside of madrid you know wherever you're you're living um and basically you if you if you do have a partner who is from a european country that's part of the eu uh, you can do this and you have to have two witnesses that sign saying that you've been together you know in a relationship and i think actually living together for a year this of course can be you know arranged need be because the 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 proof there was no questioning there was no nothing i went there i made an appointment they didn't even ask me who i was doing it with which was good because i didn't know at the time who i was gonna do it with (laughs) i love it so i went there and they said okay come back in nine months um because i lived in the center of madrid and that is obviously where the most demand is and here's your ticket and you need to bring this this and this document and the person on uh, february 1st (laughs) you have nine months to find out well it was really funny I was like oh okay I was like that was easier than I thought and then you know I got some documents it was pretty um it was actually very very simple compared to other bureaucratic processes that exist there and um and yeah and so a friend of mine and I you know it was someone I had kind of been in a relationship with but we weren't at the time but anyway we went there I had two friends sign that we were together and I um you know you, you go through the process because it is a process, but I ended up getting my residency card there. Um, that was, I think it's good for five years. So I still have that. And that was how many years in? That was like three or four years in. No, that was like five years in. Wow. Okay. I probably should have done it before, but I just, I didn't know about it. And, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it was fine. So I have, I have that now, which allows me to travel around, uh, around Europe for the time being. So for five years, right? It's kind of like, like a, a golden ticket for five years, basically. Yeah. In a way it is. Um, yeah, in a way it is, you know, I came to Italy and I went to the, the health office to get my health card. And I said, Oh, you know, I'm you know, in a relationship with a Spanish citizen. And they just like looked at me, they're like, so, and I was like, well, doesn't that mean something? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess it, Italians, they're like, we don't care. Like, right. Right. I mean, cause I, I think it really gives me more, it gives me obviously rights to be in Spain, uh, to access the healthcare system and all that. But I don't think, I mean, my understanding was that you're allowed, uh, since you are technically now this makes you a family member, right? Cause if you have a family member, that's a member of the EU, it works the same way. In this case, it's your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Um, but you know, as a family member of a member of the EU, I'm under the impression that you have free access in the mm-hmm. Schengen okay. area. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it is in a way a golden ticket. Anyway, I haven't had problems here. Um, I am trying to, you know, to get things straightened out on the Italian side, but mm-hmm. for the, for the time being, yeah. no real problems. So what brought you to Lecce? Wait, um, wait, we didn't talk about your masters. Cause actually, is that part of it? That, that kind of, yeah. I uh, kind of back up a little bit and you started doing a master's. This is incredible. It's online, right? Um, no. Okay. So this okay. is different. This is different. I actually, so I was there for a year. My first year in Madrid was so much fun. It was just like partying and getting to know people and getting to know the culture. And it was just beautiful. Um, and then after that, I had been thinking about doing a master's in international relations. I found out that at a public university in Madrid, it doesn't, 
it costs like nothing compared to what we would pay in the U.S. Mm. And so I said, I'm going to just go for it. Um, it was kind of a rash decision that I, I don't want to say I regret because I met some great people and uh, I wouldn't give that up for the world. But I think you have to understand that studying and working is not a concept that's, I don't know, it's it's not really in as much in practice as it is in the U.S. And so, mm -hmm. um, so I did sign up for this master. There were some scholarships available, but you know, because of timing and not knowing about them, I, I wasn't able to access them. But I think if you go to the ministry of education, there's some places you can go to and you can find out about scholarships. Um, but anyway, the whole thing cost about like, I think it was a year long master's program it cost like $2,000 or, or mm. 2000 euros. Mm. So, I mean, and, and it was a very, I think, a quality education. I had great professors. Obviously, it's all in Spanish. So that was a hurdle because obviously it's not the same, you know, bar chat, having a bar conversation as, you know, knowing, ha having to speak about, um, having to speak about politics or conflicts in other countries or, you know, um, indigenous rebel groups in, you know, in, in Africa. Language. Yeah, it, it's, it's <clears throat> obviously it's a lot different. So that was difficult. And you know, combined added to the fact that I was trying to work and study at the same time, which I don't recommend if you're studying full time in Spain, because it's just crazy. Um, it was it was a hard year. Let's say it was a sleepless year. <laughs> yeah, you said before that you almost like killed yourself. Because yeah, of that year. <laughs> it was a tough year. Huh? It, it was a tough year. I was just like broke and tired all the time. But <laughs> I, I did manage to squeeze in some fun as well. And some trips as well. Um, but I would recommend if you want to work at the same time, do it in two years and not one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a little bit easier that way. Yeah. So yeah. then okay, so what did bring you to Italy then? Because if you sounded like you had a great time in Madrid. So oh, what man. happened? Or maybe um, nothing happened, but what yeah, changed? You know, it was a series of things. I think uh, obviously Spain has changed over the last six, seven, eight years. Um, the crisis hadn't really fully hit when I first got there. So obviously... The stock market crash. Well... It's funny. You're talking about that, right? 2008? Um, yeah, 2008. Yeah. It really got bad, I would say, in Spain around 2000, in my opinion, which is not obviously anywhere, you know, it's not scientific or factual. It's just my personal take. I think I really noticed things starting to get bad around 2011, 2012. Um, and... You know, obviously, yeah, things are things are still tough. The economy is actually picking up now, um, from what I hear, and you know, I still get some job offers via email. So I know things are starting to pick up, which is a good thing. But um, but yeah, it's it's definitely different than what it used to be. So a lot of my friends have left. I still have a lot of friends there, but you know, mm -hmm. significant amount of people have left. Um, but really, what motivated my change of of you know country, my change of living arrangements was the fact that I had decided uh, after after becoming a little bit disillusioned with the world of international relations you know I had had this idea that um, doing this master's it would be a gateway to a job with the UN mm -hmm. and, and it is it's a good preparation for that kind of job um, but what I realized is that at least in my opinion it's not the big um, the big international organizations that I, I just feel like they're not as effective at making changes because they're really, um, they're really held back by the big interests. And so it's hard, it's hard to change the agenda on that level. Um, you know, I just remember one of my economics teachers telling me that, 
the U.S. and Europe could withdraw all the all its development aid towards Africa. And um, if they were to just let Africa compete fairly, so that is, you know, um, stop stop trade protections on um, on U.S. and European agricultural products, for example, letting you know competing fairly with Africa, Africa would develop all by itself. It doesn't really need development aid. But the playing field isn't level because big interests don't want it to be level. And so for me, that was kind of, um, I don't know, maybe I was naive to not realize it before. But I think that was what, uh, what kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It kind of, I don't know, discouraged me from pursuing a job on, on that level in some big international institution. So... Um, I decided that the best way for me to contribute, because that's what ultimately this is all about, is, um, you know, small projects to create something of my own. And I had always had this passion for alternative medicine, for acupuncture. I had seen great things. You know, I've been an acupuncture patient since I was 18 and just love it. And so I decided I found there was a program in Spain and I, uh, I signed up for it. It's a four-year program. It's online. That's the modality that I chose. The theoretical, the theory part is online. The practical part, obviously, you have to go to the school and do your hours. But um, I signed up for that. And so I was a year into the program and working at IBM in, uh, in Madrid and just to, you know, make ends meet. And it just wasn't, um, it wasn't really working. Uh, I was really, you know, again, the studying and the working, it's, it's hard to balance the two. I think if you have, um, maybe if you live with your parents, if you have some kind of help, it does make it a lot easier. But if mm-hmm. you are doing it all on your own, maybe if you have a partner you live with and you can kind of share some responsibilities, but I was mm-hmm. living on my own. I had my own apartment. I was working, you know, and, and that's a 10 hour day with the commute, um, and going there and, you know, being there eight hours and then having to come home study. It was just really hard. And in, in the U S it's a little bit easier because we have, um, we have these luxuries, like we have, you know, we have the car, you have, um, everything's a little bit faster. You don't have to spend so much time cooking and doing certain things. I don't know, hanging your laundry. I really can't quantify it where all the time goes in Europe, but (laughs) things just move slowly here. And, um, and you need more time for things. So I think it was, it was that I was saying, okay, I'm really running myself ragged. So you came to Southern Italy. Well, I, I decided I needed to take <laughs> it down because, well, you know, in Madrid is a capital city. It's a European capital. It's pretty expensive to live in if you're living by yourself. Um, and you know, it, it does, it gets expensive. So I said, I need to take it down a notch. I need to relax. And, you know, the distances are a lot further. So to go to one private class, sometimes you need to just go. You need to take, you know, a metro line. You need to switch. It takes you 45 minutes to get there, 45 minutes to get back. I mean, that's it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's time and money. So I said, how can I make this work better, you know, still supporting myself because I can't go back and live with my parents. That's not really an option. Um, so what, how can I wing this? So I said, well, why don't I try a smaller city somewhere? Um, I thought actually, I was thinking about the South of Spain cause I love Cordoba. I have a lot of friends there as well, but I said, I, I really had this, again, it was just more of a feeling, um, that said, why not try Italy? I had always had this desire to spend some time in Italy to learn the language. Um, my grandparents on my dad's side are Italian. I never met them, but I've always had this, you know, kind of this feeling, mm-hmm. this, 
like, okay, go back. Attachment to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. An attachment. Absolutely. So I said, let's, let's try it out. And Lecce, why Lecce? Well, a friend of mine, I was doing, um, an exchange, a language exchange with an Italian guy in Madrid. He's from Tuscany. And uh, I told him, I said, I'm thinking about Puglia. Uh, and and the reason I was thinking about Puglia is because there's actually a town here with my last name called Canosa di Puglia. Oh, okay. And yeah. I don't know, it just kind of stood <laughs> out to me. And I said, you know, I, I miss the I miss going to the beach. I need something smaller. Like, why not Puglia? I thought Puglia or Tuscany. And he said, you know, there's a there's a city in the south of Italy in Puglia called Lecce, and it's called the Florence of the South. Mm. Check it out. And so I just, you know, I, I browsed Google Maps. I looked at some pictures. I was like, wow, this place is really beautiful. Why don't I, uh, why don't I just go? And it was, it was again, it was just this feeling, this thing that kind of led me that said, okay, let's just try it out. I'll reserve an Airbnb, and uh, if I like it, I'll stay. And if not, maybe Sicily. Who knows? So that was. Yeah, that was it. That was what took me, and obviously, I liked it. Things fell into place, yeah. and, and here and I am. This was the Airbnb, wasn't it? Yeah, so That's so cool. Yeah, <laughs> so the apartment I'm living in now um, is actually the Airbnb where I stayed at the time. Um, you know, it, it didn't work out that I could stay at that moment, and I, I didn't ask either because I saw that that wasn't really a possibility. But. Um, I, so I found another apartment, but you know, I, I lived with uh, a girl who's studying at university and um, another guy, and that was great. That was uh, where I was for a year. And then I, I became friends with the owner of this Airbnb. Yeah. We, we became quite close. And at a certain point, her living situation changed and said, Hey, if you're, you know, if you're looking for a place, uh, my, I have an extra room. And I said, Okay. And, uh, and came back. And so, that's and so how you've I, been here since June, right? Thing like that yeah I think it was June, like six months May, or so June. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I uh, know it's a beautiful place great location great purse I live with one of my best friends so I really mm-hmm. couldn't ask for anything else and what else about your life here what are you doing I teach at an English school I would say here there's probably this there's a pretty good need for teachers here what I found that in Madrid was um when I went in 2008 yeah there were Americans but then with the start of this cultural ambassadors program there was obviously a a much larger influx of English speakers and so as the uh let's say as the supply increased you know, demand, there's obviously always demand, but I found that prices were going down. It was a lot more competitive. What mm. I found here, if you go to a small town though, and you're the only, you know, you're the only <laughs> game in town, like you can really, you can really do well. And, uh, just in terms of time and money, it, it works out a lot better. So I found a job here. Um, there's a big need for English in Italy as well, especially in the smaller towns. I would say probably in Rome or Florence, there's a lot of Americans. But yeah, yeah. once you kind of stray mm-hmm. out of those areas, there's a lot of opportunities. So I work at a school in the evenings. I teach English to adults. I do a couple private classes and, and uh, I study. In the morning, I'm studying my uh, to be an acupuncturist on the side. Yeah. And it's working out, actually. So I love that. Yeah. Brava. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I ask myself, God, am I... Am I on the right track? But I, I really, uh, I feel deep down that this is where I'm supposed to be, and and I'm living my dream ultimately. It's not, it's not easy. Um, you really have to be clear about what you want, and you have to be determined, and you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone in a huge way. Because my, in my first year here, and I spoke Italian more or less before I came here, but. 
Um, I mean, to really, you really have to go out, you have to talk to people. If you want to find a job, you got to hustle a little bit. And it's not to say it's difficult, but you got to hustle. You got to get out there, go to the schools in person, talk to people, show enthusiasm. You know, you really have to be proactive. So, um, and that takes getting out of your comfort zone because oh, obviously yeah. it can be scary. Oh, absolutely. It is scary. Be really brave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you gotta, uh, you gotta do it. And I think we're all capable of doing it. I mm-hmm. mean, if you want to do it, um, but you really have to, to want it and be prepared yeah. for that. But once you are, I mean, it's really satisfying. It's a beautiful experience. Um, something you'll have with you forever and, and no one will ever be able to take it away from you. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I yes. would say just go for it. Don't delay. If that's something that you're thinking about, just do it really. And, um, if you're interested in coming to Lecce, I am starting a blog. Thanks to you, Jackie, (laughs) for being my inspiration. I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to put up info about how you can come to Lecce. You know, if you want to, uh, come for the summer and do an Italian course, if you want to live here, if you want to just hang out and have Mm. a little vacation, go to the beach. The beaches are amazing here. The summer Mm. is fantastic. Like think, Caribbean, Caribbean in Italy. I didn't think it was possible, but it is. The water, it, the beaches are like the, it's like the Caribbean. It's like the Bahamas. Out. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really cheap. Um, it's a lot of fun. You know, there are parts that are really kind of Ibiza-esque. So the discos and the nightlife, there's other parts that are really chill. So you have a little bit of everything and uh, it's really worth a visit at some point. I love it. Okay, so you're going to become our contact because there are no there are no Americans here. I mean, I tried to look at I tried to look for any kind of guidance, help on my way here, and I found nothing, which is why I'm telling you to do this. Right. Right. Um, luckily, yeah. I ended up at this Airbnb, which is so serendipitous how it worked out. I <laughs> yes. think. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll definitely link to that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, on the show notes page. I know it's still in the beginning stages. So yeah, we'll... yeah. I hope I hope within the next, I would say within the next month to two months, that'll be up and running. Awesome. Yeah. And, and this will be in the past at that point. So yeah, it'll be good. Yep. We'll, we'll get the link up as soon as it's launched. So. And uh, yeah, no, they're really... And your contact information. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and like what you were saying before, there really isn't a lot of information in English on... Yeah, Lecce. that's the thing. Yeah, and, uh, on Puglia. I remember when I was looking before I came here, I tried to do some research. I found something, and I think it was in Spanish, about a guy from Spain who had done his Erasmus, which is his study yeah. abroad in Lecce. And pretty much all he said was that the guys were really good looking. Um, and that was like, I was like, okay, that's cool. Well, at least we know that. You found the one thing you needed. <laughs> well, maybe it would have been helpful to have more info, but that was important. That's hilarious. It's good stuff. I said, okay, well, that's another selling yeah. point. I guess uh, it'll be worth checking out. And I can I can confirm that fact. Huh? Ladies, there are a lot of good looking you know, men here. I have to agree with that, actually, because it's so funny. I lived in the North of Italy for a year and it wasn't until uh, like the last the last month or so I went to my my second time in Rome just to go visit and I I was attracted to an Italian man and I was like whoa I like hadn't recognized that in a long time you know and this guy was from Calabria like Uh, the other the other part of the boot basically but the south of Italy I was like wow okay and then Walking around here, I have noticed there are good-looking Italians down here, and and it's it's everywhere. Because I I mean, it's it's just it's noticeable. Let's just say that it's noticeable compared to other parts of the country. It's noticeable, and I what I've heard at least, obviously, this is not 
statistically uh, founded, but I've heard that there's actually a lot more men than women demographically. So hmm. it's in our favor. The, the <laughs> scales are in our favor, ladies. Um, so you kind of have your pick here, which is really it's nice. It's refreshing after coming from some parts of the world where maybe it's the other way around or, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an added bonus, let's say. So, <laughs> okay. Before we go, I want to do one more thing. Um, you and I are kind of interesting cases as Americans because we are multilingual. Yeah. Um, and you have a really good grasp on Italian and Spanish. And so Thanks. I wanted to just do something very brief. Okay. Just, let's just play a little game here. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so dimmi in italiano uh-huh. eh, che fai qui a Lecce. Uh, io faccio la professoressa di, di inglese in una scuola per adulti uh, vicino a Piazza Mazzini, si chiama The English Academy. <laughs> <laughs> e, e così, non lo so. Uh, ok, no va bene, va bene così. Ok. E, hagamos otra cosa. Ok. Cambiamos al español. <risa> ok, ok, bien. Y dígame, ¿qué, qué hacías en, en Madrid? Eh, bueno, hacía... Hacía, porque... Es que <risa> Con no el acento puedo... español, ¿no? <risa> no, es que no me puedo olvidar del acento. ¿Sabes que A, a principio no, no lo decía así. Yo hablaba con una venezolana, chamo, ¿cómo está la vaina? Pero ahora, eh, ahora, ahora sí, es que está muy, muy metido en mi cabeza. Yo, enseñ... Yo era profesor, profesor, profesora de, de, de inglés. Eh, también me dedicaba a la traducción... Eh, clases privadas, grupos, o sea, enseñar niños pequeños y, y bueno, un poco de todo, ¿no? Para, para llegar al fin de mes. Sí. Ah. Brava. Gracias. <risa> <risa> bueno, ahí, ahí voy. A veces es difícil cambiar de un idioma al otro. Sí, lo sé. Necesito no, un poco de tiempo, pero bueno. Good. No, it's good. Okay. I know. I, I have the same problem. I just wanted to give them a little taste. Okay. Guys, there is hope. You can do it. You Americans can do it. Can do it. And, and <laughs> my parents only spoke English at home. Like, my parents don't speak any other languages. But I think, you know, if you are one of those language people, like, I think both yeah. of us are. Yeah, it, it just happens. You have to be in the place. That's what really... Um, Absolutely. To immerse yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. cements it in place and, and really, you know sets roots in your brain but um yeah if you're if you're up for it you can totally do it don't be discouraged thank you you. (laughs) oh thank you jackie like it's been a it's been miraculous meeting you you're doing awesome work you are an inspiration and i just really really appreciate you. you coming here and uh and becoming a part of our lives yeah. for this, you know, starting, well, this month was the beginning. It's, it's not the end. Just right. quite just, absolutely. Just, yeah, I feel so <laughs> English. <laughs> English. God, I know. Now you're asking me to speak no. in English. I know, right? Coherent. <laughs> Come on. Um, okay. Well, thank you so much. It's been great. Thanks for sharing your life with us. Yeah, no problem. Thank and you. if, you know, your listeners want more info, they can reach out. Yeah, and, um, we'll put stuff on the show notes page for you guys. Okay, so right. uh, ciao a tutti and uh, do the damn thing. If you're thinking about it, go abroad. Don't hesitate. Don't put it off. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. I hope you enjoyed hearing Teresa's story. And perhaps some of you have just been given the extra push you need to take the leap of moving overseas. When she says that you just have to be there. You really do. Opportunities do exist. I have 
had several of them as far as jobs go. Um, don't feel you need to have everything lined up ahead of time because that's just not how it works. You can find links to all the things that we mentioned today at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 70. And also don't forget to vote for the podcast every day through June 12th for the 2016 Podcast Awards. You can find that at podcastawards.com. Thank you so much in advance for that. I hope you guys have a great week. Safe travels wherever you are. See you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.